This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. We are studying through Psalm 58, Psalm 58. It is a, another Psalm of David and it is uh, 11 verses long. And it also deals with the time, and we're going through a bunch of Psalms right here that deal with the time um, when David was being chased, being hunted, being um, surrounded by those that wanted to take him down. And the reason they wanted to take David out is because he was, uh, well, because he was anointed king and because uh, Saul was king and because uh, Saul was jealous of him. And there were many who did not want to um, have David to be king. And by the way, there's many that don't want you to be the royal priesthood that you are. And these have uh, significance for us because they deal with not only David's inner uh, thinking, inner struggle, but they also deal with the forces that are at work around us that want to keep us from enjoying or even walking in the royal priesthood that we are. And by the way, that will become more open and obvious as the months and years pass, likely even just the months pass for us. Churches and and God's people are going to be under attack even more. And so we're going to uh, stand as the royal priesthood that we are. He says, I'm sorry, Psalm 57. It was not Psalm 58. I'm just, I'm bumfuzzled this morning, apparently. Just totally bumfuzzled. Anyway, (laughs) I, I, Kathleen had to tell me, are you getting up this morning? And you know what? The answer deep in my heart was, no, I'm not getting up. But I did. I, I, I had to. I've got uh, too many appointments this morning to, uh, I got to get up. Sometimes you just have those days on Thursday morning. Friday morning, even worse. And then Saturday, you say, I'm not getting up because I don't have to. It says to the chief musician, set to do not destroy a mitchum of David when he fled from Saul into a cave. And this is the story where where I was hunting him and David was hiding in a cave and Saul actually encamped right outside the cave. And David snuck out at night and his men wanted to kill Saul so that David would immediately become king. And David did not do that. David cut a piece of the cloth from his garment and showed him the next morning that he had the opportunity to kill him and he didn't. To prove that he was not that he was not seeking to destroy Saul or to take his throne, which really, and then Saul receives him back, and they hug, and then they part company. But really, that defamed Saul, and the reason it defamed Saul was because Saul's men realized David could have killed him, and then we would have been under his rule, and he didn't. And so Saul really had lost his, 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 not only had lost his authority before God, but he'd lost his authority before his men. It's, he says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you. Now notice he says, be merciful to him twice. 
And remember, uh, there's two sides of a coin here. You've got grace and then you've got mercy. And they are, you think they're the same thing, but they're not. Grace is receiving that which you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And we want grace as it, as it has to do with God's plan, God's work, God's provision, God's hope. Jesus is the embodiment of God's grace to, to the, that's, that we're getting what we do not deserve because the wages or the cost of sin is death or separation. That's both physical death and spiritual death. That's separation from God, eternal separation from And so the cost of our sin is to be separated from God, but the free gift of Jesus Christ is the grace of God. Mercy is the other side of the coin, and mercy is the idea that what I do deserve is hell. What I do deserve is to be lost. What I do deserve is to not have any access to God's holiness, his goodness, his direction, his wisdom, his purposes. I don't have any, I have no, I have no, nothing in me deserves it. And yet God provides it. That's mercy. Nothing in me, I deserve, I'm sorry, I deserve death. I deserve uh, to be separated. And God does not do that to me. That's mercy. He does not separate me. He does not cut me off. He does not leave me lost and dying. That's mercy. So he says, David says, he's coming from the perspective, I don't deserve to be anything. Be merciful to me, oh God, be merciful to me. What he's saying is, I want what I do not deserve. I want you to, I want you to take care of me, even though I have nothing that deserves for my soul. Notice he says, my soul trust in you, my heart, my mind, all that I am as far as my unique character, my unique personality, my will, I trust in you. He said, and in the shadow of you, your wings, I will make refuge. Notice he's saying, I want to be with you. I, I don't, I want to be under your protection. I want to be under your care. I want to be in your kingdom. He says, until these calamities have passed by, he says, I, I, I need that. And now <clears throat> God oftentimes provides that to people who do not know anything about him that way. And he, he does provide that so that they can learn to know him. When there's nowhere else to go, they have him to turn to. And, and God uses that. But God wants more than that. He wants you to not just take refuge with him when calamity comes. He wants you, he wants you to walk with him when there's no need for refuge, when there's no need to hide, when there's no need to have a defender. He wants you to walk with him in the days of, in, in the good times. And he also wants you to walk with him in the days of destruction and, and despair. He says, I will cry out to God, most high, to God who performs all things for me. What he's saying is, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to cry out to you, God. I'm going to, I'm going <clears> to <throat> lift my voice to you, the most high, uh, to God who performs all things for me. I'm going to, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to, I'm going to praise you to, and notice, God provides all good things. And the Bible teaches us that all good and pleasing, perfect things come from heaven. They don't come from us. They don't emanate from us. He says, he shall send from heaven and save me. And that is one of the traits, characteristics of God is salvation. He does save us. He saves us from the situation and the moments of the hour, but he also saves us from ourselves. And you got to remember a lot, if not most of the issues that you face are, are the product of your own character and your own nature. And so he saves us from 
the world. He saves us from the enemy, but he most of all saves us from ourselves also. He says, he shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. Notice, he turns and reproach means to stop, to hold back, to, to rebuke, to keep from him. He says, I think of the Heisman, he stiff arms them. He keeps them back who, who would swallow me up and meaning, meaning to, to totally eat me and destroy me. And that's what swallow me up means. And David will use that many times in the Psalms and he uses that. He says, he saves us from those who would swallow us up, which means God, God has the Holy Spirit literally is he that holdeth back. One of his, one of his names is he that holdeth back or he that letteth, which means that God holds back much of what would destroy you just because you are who you are and the relationship you have with him. He holds those things back and gives you time and a season to grow and mature so that you can learn to hold those things back. He says, he, he reproaches the one who would swallow him up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. He's gonna give us mercy, but once we're given mercy, given what we do not deserve, he, he also provides truth. He has given us, he's given us understanding, insight, truth. And in the day and age we live in, that is a fleeting thing. It is a fleeting thing. My soul is among lions. Now remember lion in the Bible, whenever you see the word lion, you think of spiritual power and authority, big spiritual power and authority. And Jesus is described as a lion in the Bible, and so is the devil. The lions are a picture of spiritual power and authority, both good and evil. And, and he said, my soul is among lions. I lie among the son of the sons of men who are set on fire and who te whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongues sharp swords. What he's saying is I'm around people who are passionate. They're out there. They're out there and can turn one way or the other, and their teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue sharp sword. They fight, they argue, they're bitter, they're, 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 they're. He says, I mean, I basically find myself in a place where spiritual power is battling all around me, and people can turn either direction. The mob can move in any way, and uh, their tongues are sharp swords. That's speaking of how they uh, tear each other apart with their teeth and with their and with the words of their mouth. And he, what he's saying is, I live in a time of hot disagreement, hot battle and hot words spoken to each other. And you tell me that does fit the time we live in also. He says, but David is in the dead middle of it. We, we especially those who live in central Alabama, we're, we're in the far outskirts of it. But David is in the hot middle of the mess. And uh, God's placed him there because God's going to use him there. He says, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Now notice, in the middle of all that mess, he then turns and says, but if you are exalted, if you be exalted, O God, if you're exalted above the heavens and, and let your glory reign over the earth, then the hot mess that's going on around me is not a big deal. It's, it, it's according to your plan, and I'm okay with that. And uh, it's sometimes tough to uh, roll up your sleeves and get in the middle of a hot mess. There may come a day when we have to. He says, they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. Notice, he says, they prepared a net for me, but my soul is bowed down. 
which means he's humbled himself before God. They dug a pit before me, but into the midst of their of it, they themselves have fallen. What he's saying is they've done all this and destroyed, tried to destroy me, and God has handled it, and they've fallen into their own traps. I will say this, and, and I will say it over and over again. The enemy that we face in the times that we live in have no real understanding of history. They have no real understanding of the forces that work around them. And they do not understand the thoughts and the hearts of the people of this country. And so not knowing those things and pushing an agenda that's antithetic to the ethos of the people that we are as a nation, even though it seems like they're winning in the moment, the things they do are so against the grain of what and who we are as a people that the pits and the nets that they set are catching themselves and they will catch themselves. And those who have tied themselves to those things will be caught up in them also. Make no mistake, the forces of darkness and the forces of tear and the forces of evil are out there and they will always be out there. But many of the people that they're using in that day and age that we live lack the perspective to actually in any way be victorious in what they do. And those of you who are listening and, and understand what I'm saying, and there's no way for me to say it any other way, they, they, the, the, the traps, if, if you're going to make a logical, if you're going to try to turn the hearts of people towards something, you've got to stay perfectly in line with the ethos or the, the ethic that you're trying to uh, push. And if you say this is important, then it has to be important all the way through. It just can't be important for the moment that you're trying to make it important. And so if you say something matters, then it has to totally matter or it can't matter at all. And people understand if you say this matters and then it doesn't matter all the way through, then they don't believe that it matters really at all to you. Anyway, he said, my heart is steadfast, O God. And see that truth, that understanding, that perspective, that God perspective helps you to become strong and understand. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. And so he says, I will sing and give praise. Notice he goes from being steadfast in his understanding to praising God. It's not, we don't take glory in our own revelation that God has given us, even though we oftentimes want to. Uh, the glory of God is not in my understanding. The glory of God is in him, and my understanding is a product. of The glory of God is not in my victory or my overcoming. The glory of God emanates from him, and my victory and overcoming are a product of that. He says, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. I wake my glory. Awake, lute and heart. I will awaken the dawn. And what he's saying is, I'm singing singing. I can't get past that. I can't get over more and more. The, the singing of God's people to him is powerful. It's mighty. It's strong. It's encouraging. It's overcoming. And, uh, and our music is important and it's powerful. And uh, the, musics of our the music of our time is well inspired by God to prepare us to be overcomers. And it really is. The music of the generation that's following after my generation is, is very powerful. And it's very strong and overcoming. And it's victorious music. 
and it's and it's God focused, real God focused music. He says they he says my heart is steadfast, it's steadfast. I, I will sing of your praise. Awake my glory. Awake lute and lute and harp. Those are two instruments. One's wind and one's string. He says I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I, I like that. He says I'm going to not only worship you myself. But I'm going to sing praises about you to the, uh, those around us because there are those who are searching for an answer about it. There are those out there who need a hope, and we are the provision of that hope. And David's saying, he says, I will sing to you among the nations. Uh, he says, I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to praise you among the people. I'm going to sing to you among the nations. For your mercies reaches unto the heavens and your truth into the into the clouds. And, and, and I, that makes me think of the third day song. Your love, O Lord. Reaches to the heavens. And that's what that is right there. He says, your mercies, your faithfulness is like the morning. So he says, that's what, that's, that's, and see, there's power in that. There's power. There's power in, in you worshiping God with your voice. Even if you're not very good at it, like myself, there's power in it. And it prepares your heart for what God is doing. He says, uh, notice all this battling that's going on in the six verses is overwhelmed by him being steadfast and strong in the position he has in the kingdom of heaven based off his worship and his meeting with God. And, and that was a part of David's life. David learned how to, he, built, he strengthened himself in the Lord by standing in front of God and worshiping him. He strength, you got, you got to get this. It, when he was out there tending the flock and he was all by himself, he strengthened himself and his faith in the Lord and was able to take on the lion and the bear by himself on his own and kill them. That's power and strength that's learned from standing before God and worshiping him. And then he takes on Goliath when no one else is willing to take him on because he has stood before God and strengthened himself in the Lord by worshiping and by seeking God out and being powerful before him and worshiping him in power and in strength. And then he's facing all these troubles where it seems like the whole world is out to get him. And he strengthens himself again before God. And he strengthens himself before the Lord. And later on, he will even go out to battle and come back and his whole village and all his mighty men, his family and all their things are taken captive. And they want to kill him. Even his own close friends want to kill him because they've gone out to fight and, and they've not protected their own stuff and their own people. And David, again, puts on that ephod and goes out and strengthens himself before the Lord. And the way he does it is he says, my heart is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake my glory. Awake, lute and heart. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations for your mercy reaches to the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above the earth. Notice he's tapping in to that eternal, that life-giving power and strength that comes from the throne of heaven. He's tapping into it with the worship of his heart. And that what made David, that's what made David. And that's what makes believers who learn to walk with God strong and powerful. 
and that is the worship of God. It's not the it's not the things that emanate from you because remember he started out with be merciful and things I do not deserve I need from you. He says be merciful to me. It doesn't emanate from us. It emanates from the throne room of heaven and we have to tap into that power. And the way we tap into that power is that we stand steadfast on this truth and trust him and worship him and receive understanding from him. And that's how it works. That's how life works. Um, and really that's how, that's how we overcome. We overcome that way. And we need to continue to study God's word have our own testimony available and and that testimony grows as we steadfastly seek after God and worship him and I hope that will be the case for you today it will be for me as you go today I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name